All right, what we're going to learn about today, very interesting book. We're going to learn all about it. The book is called Freedom, The Enduring Importance of the American Revolution. And on the hotline, we have the author, Jack D. Warren, Jr. And how are we doing today, Jack? We're doing good? Really good. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. My pleasure. It looks very interesting, your book here. So i got to ask you, what sparked your interest in the American Revolution? Well, I'm a historian, and the American Revolution is the central event in American history, central event in modern world history. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, you know, you go straight to the most important things. The the revolution is the event that created freedom as we understand it. Um, You know, we live in a world where... uh, People all over the world aspire to be free, and it's important at this time, especially where you know there's so many controversies uh, in the world, mm-hmm. to understand what freedom is, where it came from, what its component parts are, you know, and, and to understand its past so that we can enjoy the benefits of it in the future. And I guess that's what caused the need for the uh, Revolutionary War, correct? Yeah, before the Revolutionary War, um, everybody in the world everybody in some way or another mm-hmm. was ruled by a monarch. I mean, you could call him a chief, an emperor, a czar, whatever you want to call them. Uh, people were ruled by monarchies mm-hmm. of some form or another. Um, the revolution, the American revolutionaries put their hands on their hips, if you will, and said, no, uh, you know, people should be, people have a natural right to participate in government. They, no one is uh, destined by nature to rule over other people. Uh, and, they insisted that individual liberty was uh, the right of all mankind, uh, and, and that, that idea wasn't new to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had been kicked around by philosophers in, in Europe in particular for, for generations, but the Americans were the first people to build a new nation based on the principle uh, of that, uh, that people have a right to live in a free society, one where they can make their own choices, where they're independent, where they enjoy liberty, mm-hmm. where they they are equal to others, uh, their natural rights, their civil rights are, are are respected, and they have the opportunities on the other hand, on the other side of the coin, they have the opportunities and the responsibilities that go with citizenship. All of that was new to the American Revolution. Gotcha. So, uh, who would you consider the most important figures of the American Revolution, and why? Well. The most important people of the American Revolution are the ordinary Americans who made it. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what this book is mainly about, is that the American Revolution was a popular revolution. Uh, You know, thousands Mm -hmm. upon thousands of people of all kinds participated and they had their own aspirations, their own aims, their own goals. That said, let me give you the the expected answer. Which of which of the famous people that we we associate with the revolution were really most important? Mm-hmm. Without question, Washington, George Washington, right. uh, who was the principal leader of the nation from the time he took command of the army in 1775 until his death in 1799. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite the fact that he resigned his commission at the end of the war and said, "I'm going home." He was reluctant to become president uh, in 1789, but accepted that responsibility. He got out of it as quickly as he could. Uh, You know, he really felt it was important to pass the baton on to other political leaders. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he was he was the constant guiding star of the revolutionary generation. The second one is John Adams. Uh, Adams was really the the most original and important political thinker of that generation. Much of what is in our Constitution is based on Adams' thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, It's one of the ironies of history. Adams was in Europe as an ambassador 
when the Constitutional Convention met in 1787. So he didn't get to participate in it. So we don't remember him, in a sense, as the father of the Constitution. But in many ways, he was. Gotcha. So bring us to modern times here. How has it affected our modern, the modern points of the American Revolution? Well, the Ameri- the, almost every aspect of our public life, mm-hmm. the way we vote, the, how we choose public officials, um, how we participate in public life, freedom of speech, right. uh, freedom of religion, all of those things are traced back to the American Revolution. Mm-hmm. Before the American Revolution, those things either didn't exist or existed in really truncated form, um, you know, barely noticeable. And so, so, so almost all aspects of, of, of the way we're governed and the way we're organized in a society uh, flows from the American Revolution. And all the debates that we have today mm-hmm. are really debates about two aspects of the revolution. One of them are the demands of liberty. Um, liberty is the right to be free from uh from restrictions imposed by government or by others. Right. Think of the Bill of Rights. A lot of it says government shall make no law. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are those are basic natural or civil rights. Uh, and that's what liberty is all about. It's about the absence of restraint. Uh, and that includes restraint by others, by not just by government. On the other side are the demands of equality. You know, we tend to think of the ideals of the United States as being in complete harmony with one another, but they're really not. Um, you know, the demands of liberty, which include leave me alone in possession of everything that I have um, to enjoy my life as I see fit, uh, can be in conflict with all kinds of things, with the needs of the nation as a whole. Uh, you know, our, our debates about taxation are ultimately about my liberty to do with my things as I will versus the demands of, of, the, of the society as a whole as represented by the government. And those are often the demands of equality. Uh, and so today we're having a lot of conversation about uh, equality and it's what is the nature of equality? What is our, what does America guarantee to its people? What should it try to strive to for its people? Um, the revolutionary generation, of course, first and foremost, meant equality before the law, um, because in their generation there were people, aristocrats, monarchs, who were in many ways above the law. Uh, or they had a special status in the law that permitted them to lord it over other people. Um, and they were treated differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and this was particularly true on, on the European continent where so many Americans came from. Not so much in England. England did have the principle of uh, equality before the law, but it, it was it was often uh, honored in the breach, if you will. Um, and so that was a fundamental aspect of equality. The second aspect of equality, which emerges in the revolution is equality of opportunity. Uh, everybody should have the same chance in the race of life. And, you know, that's one way that we can interpret what uh, Jefferson wrote in the declaration of independence. When he said, we all have a natural right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. He said we have a natural right to happiness, right? He said, we have a right to the pursuit of happiness. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean you get to win the race of life. It just means that you get, you you should have an equal uh, chance yeah. with everybody else in that race. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and but today we're having conversations around a a version of the idea of equality we call equity, right? Uh, which at its base is a it's an old legal term and it refers to fairness. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know that anybody argues against fairness, right? But we argue about what that means. What does it mean for something to be equitable or fair? Mm-hmm. Um, does it guarantee to everyone an, an, an equal outcome? Um, 
And there are people on the extreme who say, yes, it does. In a free society, particularly one as wealthy as we have become, um, uh, we, ha- we should guarantee to all of our citizens, if not an absolutely equal outcome, then, then everyone should have a sufficiency. Uh, that's an old-fashioned term, but everybody should have enough to have a, a reasonable and happy life. Right. And, and that is a reasonable conversation mm-hmm. for free people to have. Um, one of the problems that we're facing right now is we're not having reasonable discussions. We're yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I suggest people you know, go back to the ideas of the revolution uh, about universal equality, about individual rights, about personal independence, and and have a civil discussion about what our revolutionary legacy means to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the foundation of, of freedom in the modern world. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine that the people that fought for our freedoms right now are probably looking at the the way we're yelling at each other, not having civil conversations, and uh, just you know shaking their heads like, "What's going on here?" Well, yes and no. Mm -hmm. The revolution was an awfully rough event. Mm -hmm. I mean, we look back on it, we think of, you know, men with powdered wigs and wooden teeth and Mm -hmm. and, uh, think that they conducted themselves in in, in in continuous, with old-fashioned gentility. And Mm -hmm. they did sometimes. Uh, But the American Revolution was, in fact, an extremely brutal event. Mm -hmm. Uh, It pitted neighbor against neighbor and and friends against one another. Uh, It it was brutal at times. uh, And... Uh, so, so they're no they're no no strangers to to tough times and hard debates. Um, uh, the revolutionary generation, uh, but let me let me make make sure that we everybody gets this point. It's an important one. Sure. Um, uh, the we are able to have the discussions that we're having today because we are a fundamentally free people. Right. Um, we can go at each other's throats in this way um, because we have free speech, because mm-hmm. we have the rights that we have, and those rights were won for us in, in the revolution. Right. Um, would they look at us today and, and, and think, boy, those, you know, they, they, they're going too far with this? Well, keep in mind that, 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 that they would be astonished by all that we are and that all that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, maybe, you know, the, the, the people who are often referred to as the founding fathers would shake their head about the nature of our politics today. Mm-hmm. But ordinary people would look at, at us today and think, what a wealthy, what an amazingly, almost astonishingly wealthy society they created. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that the poorest of us uh, are wealthy by 18th century standards. That doesn't mean that we should relax our efforts to eliminate poverty and, and distress in our society, mm-hmm. but we have come an extraordinary distance in 250 years, uh, as has much of the world. Although at the time of the revolution, the great French philosopher Rousseau said, uh, mankind was made to be free, but everywhere he is in chains. And that, that, that was, that idea was very familiar to the people of the revolutionary generation um and it's still true today gotcha. everywhere mm-hmm. you look around the world people are suffer uh without freedom and so you know the work that the revolution began is not done it's not done abroad it's not done at home either mm-hmm. um uh think of everybody's got a dollar bill in their pocket at some point or another turn it over and you'll see the, the pyramid on the back of it which is a strange old 18th century style uh, symbol mm-hmm. and the pyramid is unfinished um, because the idea of America is always going to be a work in progress. It's always going to be unfinished. 
Um, the founders recognized that, that the goal was not the creation of a perfect society at the time of the revolution. That was impossible. Uh, there were too much injustice in the world at that time for them to fix it all. Um, they knew it would take generation after generation to do that, mm-hmm. to solve the problems that, you know, that had accumulated over the centuries. Right. And so that, that, that idea that America is an unfinished project, um, constantly seeking to get better is fundamental to our revolutionary heritage. Anybody who says that, well, we should just be satisfied with what the founders created is just as wrong as people who want to throw it away. Uh, our goal is, our goal should be continuously to improve, but based on those fundamental ideas that we are meant to be independent, we are meant to be enjoy liberty, uh, equality, natural and civil rights, and we are de- we must be responsible citizens, um, give to the country our service, uh, at times our treasure, of course we do it every year, our treasure, mm-hmm. um, uh, that we, those are, those are fundamental responsibilities of being an American. And, and those are also the fundamental ideals, independence, liberty, equality, natural civil rights, um, fundamental ideas that we inherited from our revolution mm-hmm. and that still work today. Yeah. There are always changes and reforms to be made, but the revolutionaries knew that, yeah. um, the first thing the founders, of course, would look at, they would be astonished that we're still here. <laughs> 250 years later, that we're still governed well, we did, by the same, yeah, we, same Constitution. And we did go through a civil war, right, in, in between that. We did. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, you have to realize, in relatively historical terms, mm-hmm. relatively short order. Yeah. Um, that is, the last men who fought in the American Revolution, mm-hmm. the, the oldest ones died in the 1850s on the, on the eve of the Civil War. Right. Um, and you know when Lincoln says, you know, four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth upon this continent, he wasn't talking about an abstraction. I mean, there were people who read that speech whose father or grandfather served in the American Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very long before. Yeah. Uh, and, and Lincoln recognized, as we should, that the Civil War was a fulfillment of the ideals of the American Revolution. Right. Slavery was, you know, a great injustice that the revolution could not solve. Uh you know, slavery was a global problem. Mm-hmm. Um, there were slaves everywhere from in the Western Hemisphere, everywhere from Canada to the tip of Argentina. Right. Um, yeah. You know, and you know, during the, the the peopling of the Western Hemisphere by people from uh, from across the Atlantic, ten million people were brought to the New World in, in as slaves, and in, and it, the largest group of people who white uh, people who came here, particularly from Britain, came as indentured servants. Uh, or convicts, transported convicts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, um, the Americas were peopled by by people in bondage, mm-hmm. uh, populated by people in bondage, and the project of of dismantling that gross injustice took an awfully long time. Yeah. Um, but the revolution started that process. Make no mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the Pennsylvania Pennsylvania was the first first government on earth to pass a a law for the abolition of slavery. And they did so in 1780. Um, slavery was abolished in the Northern colonies where it existed. People don't think about that, but there was slavery in Massachusetts and Connecticut, uh, New Hampshire. Slavery existed everywhere, not as deeply. And then there are not as many slaves as there were in, in some of the Southern colonies. You know, black Americans were the majority in South Carolina at the mm-hmm. time of the American revolution. Mm-hmm. But, and, and rooting out slavery in the South was going to be much more difficult but the abolition movement, the movement to abolish slavery, begins with the American Revolution. Yes, it takes a, a full human lifetime um, to re- to reach an important 
milestone in our civil war and in the formal abolition of slavery. And in fact, you know, the, 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 the leftovers of slavery, if you, the legacy of slavery is, is with us still in some ways. Um, and so it remains our responsibility to root that out. Right. Um, and so it's an ongoing process uh, in which the Civil War was a, certainly a, a dramatic and important moment mm-hmm. of fulfillment of the ideals of the revolution. Yeah. you got to tell us about the 172 paintings and maps. Tell us about some of the important pieces you have in your book. Um, this is a big format, illustrated book of a kind that doesn't get published a great deal anymore, frankly, because printing a book like this is, is an expensive and difficult proposition. Mm-hmm. Um, it, do, it is a heavily illustrated book, 470-odd pages, but it's uh, 170 pages of, of illustrations, all of them in color, and they're drawn from uh, museums all over the United States, some from abroad, from France, and from England as well. Um, some of the most important, interesting uh, some are familiar, things like uh, Washington Crossing the Delaware, which is on the cover. Everyone knows that image. But there are plenty that people don't know that they've never seen. Um, spent many years uh, doing research on images of the revolution. You know, the revolution was fought before photography. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little bit harder for us to get in touch with visually. Mm-hmm. You know, we can appreciate the Civil War because we see those ha- haunting portraits and faces and, and, you know, our later American wars, which, you know, you, you can picture, you know, the raising of the flag on Iwo Jima, that photograph. But there are no photographs from our Revolutionary War. So it's important to get these these uh, uh, paintings and, and other images, prints and so forth, to understand um, what it looked like and also how people remembered it. Sometimes paintings are not... Uh, literally accurate. People didn't think about when they painted a painting in 1800 of a historic scene, they weren't necessarily trying to create what we would think of as a photographic or literal image. Uh, Oftentimes it it was symbolic or they would mash together chronologically events so that something happening on one part of a battlefield uh, and another are compressed into the same painting and shown at the same moment. Mm. Um, So you have to take that apart a little bit, which we do in the book. Um, so people can understand what they're looking at. Um, but how the, but how we've depicted the revolution in art is a really important uh, how we remember it. Uh, we know, when I say Washington crossing the Delaware, you immediately think of, you have a mental image, it's from that painting. Correct. Um, and that painting, people like, you know, sometimes a high school teacher will make fun of the painting, and there's plenty in it that's inaccurate. Washington wouldn't have been in a boat like that. It was a different kind of boat. Mm-hmm. Um, they wouldn't have was a smart country gentleman. He probably wouldn't have stood up in a small boat at night crossing an ice-choked river. It doesn't seem like a really safe thing to do. Yeah. Um, and he's also, they're flying a flag which hadn't been designed yet uh, <laughs> in the painting. <laughs> and the, but let me tell you, all that's mm-hmm. kind of funny, and it is. Yeah. But the artist did that for, all for a purpose. Mm-hmm. The painting was painted in 1851. Um, so the country is starting to, you know, the crisis which will end in the Civil War is brewing at that time. Mm-hmm. Um and if you look at that painting, you'll see that, um, of course, it, 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 what it is is a symbolism of patriotism and all Americans literally being in the same boat together. Look at the painting sometime and don't look at Washington, but look at the people in the boat, mm-hmm. the, the ordinary soldiers. Uh, and you'll see that they're wearing all kinds of different dress. 
Right. Uh, there's a, and, and they come from different, clearly come from different ethnicities. There's a guy with a Scottish outfit on and an Irish outfit. There's an African-American guy in the front of the boat. There's a guy who looks like he's an Indian in the back. There's actually an androgynous figure who looks, that looks like it might be a female. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have speculated and, and, and they come from different, the uniforms are from different units. Now, obviously at the time, everybody would have been with his own regiment, with his own group. So this particular group would never have been in the same boat together, but here they are crossing uh, a dangerous river at night, literally in the same boat together, rowing toward an uncertain shore uh, under great leadership. That's what that's the, what the artist was trying to symbolize mm-hmm. in that painting. And its symbolism is far more important than the idea that it should be a literal representation of this scene. Um, frankly, it was too dark for a, a literal representation. There's no way you could do that. Um, this is a great symbolic representation of what this moment means. Yeah. What does it mean to row together? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to have great leadership? What does it mean to be dedicated to a nation and a great cause, which is why the flag, even though it hadn't been designed at the time of this actual historical event, that's why the flag is in the boat. Yeah. The artist was 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 actually uh, quite bright, quite quite creative, and what he but he was trying to convey a message about being in the same boat together. And by the way, that's not a bad message for us today. Correct, correct. I tell you, this is great. It really is. So I got to ask you, Jack, where can we get this book? This book is for sale on all of the, the usual internet uh, suspects. Um, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I always want to say, you know, your brick and, local brick-and-mortar bookstore, it is widely available in bookstores. Um, it's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble o- online, um, is selling very well. Um, uh, I'm happy to say it's yeah, a big imagine, book, yeah. uh, doing very nicely and people are attracted by the title, which they're intended to be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and although I say it, it's a big book, it's, it's long, it's a work of several years. Um, it has a very simple message, a very direct message. Yeah. Um, the revolution is the root of the freedoms we enjoy and here's what those freedoms consist of. And this is how the revolution achieved what it achieved uh, and creating that that legacy of freedom that we enjoy and that led to the gradual improvement uh, of our country over time. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, really, this was fascinating. Uh, listen, if you, if you haven't gotten this book yet, Freedom, The Enduring Importance of the American Revolution by Jack D. Warren Jr., I highly suggest uh, you get it. Jack, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's lots of fun. <laughs> My pleasure.